All right, boys and girls, welcome to episode 21 of the Crack Pit podcast. I have a very special guest on today, Will Parfit. Some of you may know him as Mr. Magic Man or Mr. Magic Man or Mr. TikTok or Mr. Instagram because you're quite popular on a lot of different platforms. TikTok guy. The TikTok guy I'm getting a lot of the minute. That's right. That's right. Um, and I myself have uh, basically got to know you in the last year more personally because I've started to work with Magic Min as well. So listen, we're just going to have a shit talk today and fucking get to know Mr. Will a little bit more, if that's all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm king. Good man. Good man. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for uh, spending that or taking the time today to jump on the podcast with me. I know we're all very busy in Melbourne here at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, busy, stuck in lockdown every day. Oh my no, God. <laughs> unreal. Unreal. But listen, let's just let's start at the beginning. Um, Will, obviously, yeah. you've, you're, you're fr- originally from London, correct? Yeah, that's correct. South London. Perfect. So, what was the attraction for you, first of all, to come to Oz? Um, to be honest, I was just working in a job. I wasn't really like sure what I was going to do, and I was just yeah, just working a job, just going through the motions, just working every every week for a paycheck. And then I always wanted to travel to America or Australia. They're my two places to do a bit of traveling and yeah, just see how it goes. And then my best mate Danny. We were just talking about it and then we it was so spare at the moment he just like broke up with his girlfriend or something something triggered it like that and we were like let's just book a flight and then we'll just put it in for like two months time we'll just book the flight spare the moment let's just do it and then we did it and then it come up to the date and we were like mate we're going to australia in a week we need to prepare literally just grabbed a bag full of stuff because we thought Oh, it might just be a week or two, or we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. It's literally so spare at the moment. Yeah. And then, yeah, just came out here. We got the got the visa pretty quick and then just, yeah, started with just a year visa and just see how it goes. But, yeah, it was so spare at the moment. And now, yeah, being here for, like, this is my 10th year now, so it's crazy. Oh, fucking giddy up. Um, and, Camille, what age were you when, you when you came out here first? What was I doing? No, what age? Oh, I was 22. 22, yeah, 31 now. Get old. Look, look at you getting on in years. <laughs> Bloody old. So it, it was just basically a, a bit of an idea. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I was just in a, in a small town in England, like everyone doing the same thing. I was just like, I feel like I need to just, yeah, just go have a break. And then just also just, I don't know, it's not until you do traveling or something like that that you see how like much of a small bubble so many people live in like some people are born in the same same town stay there their whole lives and it's like the good thing now you can travel you can go anywhere not right now because we're stuck in a lockdown but you know like back then we was just like we were like we'll just go do what see what happens just roll with it so um yeah and had you had you traveled anywhere before that? Because I have a few of my mates that I'm good mates with now, they're English lads. And I don't know what it is with English lads and like in Asia, but a few, <laughs> of, my, a few of my good mates, they're like, oh, that's that's where they would have gone to first and maybe traveled there and then made their way to Australia. But did, did you have had you any other traveling before you came to Oz done? Or was it not? Nah, to be honest, like that was, yeah, Australia was my first thing but that's what I was going to do as well because I was like oh, I'll go to Australia and then on the way back I'll travel through, through Asia and do that but then but no I'd only just been on like lads holidays like Ibiza, Magaluf all that stuff like mm. Greece 
so the only there had only been holidays it wasn't really like like work and traveling anything like that uh, yeah. this is my first thing yeah bloody old good man <laughs> and when you came to Oz, was it Melbourne your first stop, or where? What city did you fly into? Actually, flew into Brisbane. Okay. So of course, like Brisbane's like, it's like how you think of Australia when you're when you're in England. I swear, everyone just thinks Australians are like board shorts, long hair, surfing. That's what you just have in your head, and it's not until you get here you're like, oh, especially like Melbourne. It's just like, I don't know, it's just like another any other city that you could live in. But um, but yeah, Brisbane was the first place we got there. It was like 30 degrees. We were like, damn, this is so good. <laughs> we need to stay for a bit. <laughs> Fucking odd. Yeah, my, when I landed out here to Australia, because I, I, I'm here about 12 years now, yeah. I came straight to um, uh, Melbourne here. Uh, but I had worked for a couple of months on cruise ships before I came out here. So that was, well, it was nine months on cruise ships and that was nonstop partying. So I was wrecked. So You man, needed a break. I needed a fucking break, pretty much. So my mate picked me up at the airport and he brought me, he was living out in Altona. So he brought me out to Altona. Now, I don't know if you've been out that way much. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times, yeah. Fuck all there, man. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. It's refineries and black swans. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, where the fuck have I just... Yeah, you'd have been like, what am I doing here? So your experience and my experience were very different things. I probably got here fucking <laughs> absolutely exhausted and probably needing some sort of rehab. And you were like, fucking, you landed in the Australia I wanted to land in. Yeah, I know. That's what I think hooked me as well, because as soon as I got there, like, I don't know, Brisbane is just like, especially like Brisbane, when you go to Brisbane and it's like the weather compared to England, it's just like it's a complete shock. There's like palm trees and stuff in the city. I was like... Where have I got to? This is paradise. I was like, why have I not come here sooner? So it lo- sort of hooked me straight away. That's why, that's why, like, because I had the year visa, was, but that wasn't the plan to stay for like a year, no way. But as soon as I got here, I was hooked and I was like, yeah, I need to, I'll try to get a job and I need to stay for a bit longer for sure. Good man. And what was, I'm sure you went through a few jobs, but like as, <laughs> as we all do when you came out here. So what did you start working as when you came out here and, and you, you, know, you wanted to stay here. <laughs> I'm trying to think what my first one was. Oh my god! Yeah, I was. There's like a few like um, sales jobs. You know, you try to do like oh, you try to do anything when you're traveling because you just we were just trying to pick up anything. But I think one of the first ones we literally got these. We didn't even know what it was, but they were like, oh, we'll pay you. It was like the pay just seems so much more as well because mm. when you speak in Aussie dollars, especially when you come from like England, you, it just seems more in your head as well. And I think it was like, I can't remember what it was, like $20 an hour or something. So it sounded like a lot to us. <laughs> so we were like, we were like, yeah, we'll do that. And then it was actually like a set, it was like a promo thing. And we was wearing like these, these zip up like morph suits, like completely covered. <laughs> and we were just walking around the city with these billboards. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I swear. That was like one of my first jobs here. I was like, but I only did it for like a, probably not even a week i was like what <laughs> maybe you just take on anything when you like come from another country you're just like yeah i'll just take it we'll do it but um yeah that was one of my first ones but one of my first main ones was actually a sales job um it was door to door but they'd like drive it was actually like it wasn't like just commission it was like a base wage as well okay. so i actually stayed there for like 
three or four months doing it because it was like it was actually so cruisy you just had to like meet a certain number number of sales okay. in like a week and because the english accent and we were driving out to like these suburbs around brisbane so as soon as they open the door and you got an english accent like you get chatting to the people so it's actually yeah it was quite a cruisy job to start with to be fair yeah and what 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 were you what were you selling it was you just had to book in these appointments for i think like I think they were actually trying to sell them like properties, like negative gearing and stuff like this. But we just had to book the appointments for the consultants. So, okay. yeah, it was it was hard though. Like knocking on doors after like a few <laughs> few weeks, you're just so over. Like when you've had the door slammed in your face a few times, yeah. you're like, yeah, you can get over it. And like, there's no way I could have done it if it was like commission only, yeah. but because it had a base wage as well, we were just sort of we were just sort of living off this base wage. Yeah. <laughs> Was keeping you ticking over it was, it was your your party your party it was literally yeah because we were just staying in a hostel then it was i don't know if you've been to that one but the base hostel in brisbane yeah literally it's like it's designed just for people to come and party that's it there's like a nightclub downstairs all you do is go up and down <laughs> up and downstairs <laughs> up and down it's literally it's just such a mess but yeah we stayed there for ages but that was because the, the the sales job we were doing was like 11 o'clock to five so it was so cruisy and we could drink every night and <laughs> we were like this is perfect yeah are the things you do like when you when you get traveling first like you do you, you, you live on no sleep yeah i know you, you party all night fucking i think get up. The fir- i think that's what we always joke about because when we first i could never do it now when we first came here, i think we did because we were so like pumped and excited that we actually left when we got here and then we got that job and we literally did like 30 30 nights out in a row. So it was like a whole month where we went out every oh. single night. By the end, we were like, <laughs> we were just like, what are we doing? <laughs> we were so over it. But I guess you're just like, you're in that, you're in that mood when you first come traveling, you're just like on another level. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it was your mate, Dan, Danny, was it? Danny, yeah. He's still here as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, going to ask him. He's still, he's still in, in, in Australia as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only person I think I could probably live with because we like grew up together. So mm. made it easier as well. Cause like that's the only thing about like traveling. If you go on your own, it can be hard or you miss your family and stuff like that. But yeah, we grew up together. So it Perfect. was it was pretty easy traveling together. Yeah, awesome. And did how long did you stay in Brisbane? Did you obviously stayed there for a fair while. Um, yeah, I think we were there for a few months. We left there to go and do um because yeah we were loving it so we were like we got to do the farm work to get the second year visa yeah the regional work yeah yeah yeah, yeah regional work yeah which is so funny when you say it's like aussies they still like they're like you actually have to do that because they think like english in australia it's going to be like an easy transition but it's actually not it's still just the same yeah so you have to do that regional work but we wanted to just get out of the way because we were like, that sounds so bad. <laughs> we were like, let's get out of the way. And then at least we'll know we've still got like a, an extra year on top. Um, so, yeah, where did we go? We went to Proserpine, which is like near near Bowen. It's like, okay. um, do you know where Early Beach is in Queensland? I do. Yeah, where they have the lagoon. Yeah, Proserpine's like a tiny town, about 30 minutes, no, 25 minutes drive from um, Early Beach, but there's nothing there. So it's just like one street. There's like one Irish pub there. And that's actually where we, (laughs) that's what you need. (laughs) But that's actually where we were staying and living. And they organised the farm work for us. So we were just 
get on like these shuttle buses every day and go and do the farm work. So that was an experience. That yeah. was. <laughs> and was it was it a fruit farm or was it like ag agriculture or like? Yeah, it was tomato picking. Tomato. tomato. Picking. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> right, I know. So so we went from like we just got here, Brisbane. We was loving it. We we're like, this is paradise. We need to stay. Next minute, boom, we're dropped in like this complete other. We're like. We wanted to leave like after the first day doing this tomato picking. It was like you get there, especially Queensland, like we were further up north. So it was even hotter then because it was like summer here. And it was bending over all day, picking these tomatoes out of these bushes. And you were getting paid per bucket, but it was like one cent per bucket that you oh, filled up. Wow. Mate, it was, it was actually shocking. And then, like, we did one whole day, which was, like, 12 hours. We got there at 6. And by, like, 6.30 in the morning, you're drenched in sweat because it's, like, Sorry. so hot there. And then we did – we got back to the pub at, like, 6, 7 that night. We literally just <laughs> – wanted to go back to England, mate. I was like, fuck, I've got to do three months of this. But, um, yeah, we stayed there for – we were, like, we'll just, we'll just get through. And, like, there's actually so many good people there because, like yeah. – that's the that's what gets you through that farm work plus you're meeting people that you'd never normally like meet and stuff plus there was like there was like all these koreans who worked on the farm as well like you'd never normally i don't know just be in the same environment or living with these people but it's like you like build up a little family there yeah so like that that sort of gets you through and then before you know it, you've done two weeks three weeks and then we got like the driving jobs there because um yeah, we just got lucky with the driving jobs. So then they were like paid, that was paid hourly. Okay. And then, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy once we had the driving jobs because you just had to drive the trucks up and down, like as as the guys were picking. So oh, we got okay. lucky there with that, yeah. So, so then we ended up staying there for like three months. Yeah, getting that farm work done. So yeah, that was like, that's something I'll never forget as well, to be fair. Like that's one of those things, like there's nowhere else you'd end up randomly doing that and sticking at it the whole time but and it was good like we got to know like the family who owned that pub yeah. you know what it's like they just had the irish banter they were just like they were like giving us free meals and free drinks and stuff it was like it was actually it's actually good looking yeah. back so always when you look back at the time i was like get me the hell out of here i just want to get this farm work and get it done but now looking back it's like that was that was a crazy experience yeah it was a quality uh time and you're and you were you were kind of trust into it and i think what makes it quality is everyone else that was doing it with you they're kind of thrown into it as well and it's like fuck this is a bit of survival here but we're all surviving together yeah 100 percent. that's what i love about traveling like going into hostels because you never know mm. like who's going to come and check in your room and you always like, cause you're, you're living in the same like rumors and you get chatting to them. You meet so many people, like never met that many people from all over the world, like Germany, Sweden, everywhere. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, like I'm, I'm 37. I don't know. We haven't been able to travel in the last two years, but I, like, I still book hostels, you know, just yeah. for, just for that, just for the banter, like fuck getting a yeah. hotel. It's like, especially I, I do a lot of traveling on my own. Um, um, and you know, it's, it's the best crack. You book into a hostel, and within an hour, you like you're chatting with someone, or someone said, "Oh, we're heading to this. Fucking, do you want to tag yeah, it on?" Yeah, hundred percent. Everyone just goes. That's what I mean. That's the best thing. You just you end up yeah meeting people, and before you know it, you're going on like a night, or you end up somewhere which yeah everyone just like does stuff together. It's actually the best, the best yeah. way to do it. You need to stay in the hostels for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's unreal, man. It's unreal. Yeah, it's very good. And so, so you finished your farm work. 
Um, where did you head to after that? Did you head back to Brisbane or did you stay in Early Beach? Or um, We went to... Well, what happened with the farm work was we got like, we did, we did like two and a, two and a bit months, but then we tried to apply for the thing and it was like, we didn't have enough. We looked like on the immigration thing and we didn't have enough time. We hadn't done like, because the season finished, but we hadn't quite finished our three months. Oh, so we geez. were like, we were like, oh my God, we've just done all this. So you have to Fuck. do like, we had to do, we had to like, we knew we had to come back and do extra. But they said to us, if you come back next season, we'll get you straight on the driver's jobs again. Um, so we were like, oh, we went to Brisbane. And then, um, yeah, we were just looking for work in Brisbane. But to be fair, like then it was actually hard because we couldn't find no work. We were actually running out of money. There was like a point there, I remember it just being like, we were actually debating just going home. And loads of people around us, like we'd seen them come here and like, do you know what I mean? When people can't find work or they've just had enough or they gave it a homesick, like you just, they just end up going home or we saw loads of people run out of money and they were just like, oh, I need to go back to England or whatever or wherever they're from. And just like, I don't know, it's just the thing we're traveling. Sometimes that happens. You just yeah. get to a point where you've just, you've run out of like options. So you just sort of go home. Yeah. But um, what did we do? What should we do next in Brisbane? How did you get your your visa extended? Like, if you didn't finish your... We went back, but, yeah, we was doing... I think we went... We were doing... We were just doing more odd jobs in Brisbane, like construction and just random, like, things to get us through. And then, then we went back when that season opened again and finished, like... It was only, like, another 20 days. That was the most frustrating thing because we were so close. Oh, but, yeah, yeah we, did, we finished those, and as soon as we finished that, we were just... Over we there. To, yeah, we were done. We were like, we're out of here. So that was when we came to Melbourne after that. Yeah. So, and we applied. We got the second year visa granted, and then we were like, boom, let's go. We've still got. We had like just over over a year then because we'd like spend that time doing that. So we had like just over a year. We were like, we'll go. We'll just live it up now for the next year, and then yeah, then we'll head back, I guess. But yeah, we just we uh, we came to Melbourne then. Yeah. Okay, so down to Melbourne, then fucking two lads after finishing up their farm work, having the crack in Brisbane. Right, so I, I, I assume we're getting somewhat closer to the Magic Men thing, but it obviously it didn't happen straight away. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Plus, so, mate, I, I, was in, I was in horrendous shape. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> mate, I hadn't, because I was training a bit in England and that's when I started to get into the gym. Yeah. But I was only doing it for about like six, seven months. And I was like, like, I obviously knew I love fitness and stuff. But then when you come to Australia, it's not, you, do, you don't even have enough money for a gym membership, let alone like you're just trying to, you're just trying to get by week by week and pay for that hostel. That's where your like focus is. 100%. So yeah, I hadn't really trained at all and obviously drinking and stuff. So yeah, I was, <laughs> I was definitely not in magic men's shape. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, the first job, I got that's when I started working in this cafe in Melbourne because I was literally just applying for any jobs. Mate. I was changing my CV, like whatever Every job day. I was applying for, I was just <laughs> putting down that, I'd, that I had two years' experience in doing this, doing that. Because I was like, oh, I'm from I'm from England anyway, so they're never going to ring up like in Czech 
And like you get desperate. I was like, um, we ain't got we ain't got enough money to be playing around here. I'm like, let me just get a job so I can just get through. And then yeah, we checked into a hostel in St Kilda. Um, what was it? What one? Can't remember what it's called now, but yeah. it was um opposite like where the Secret Garden is. There, it's like on that street. Oh. Yeah, is it, is it kind of around the around the corner? Is it? Yeah. From it is it base as well? Does I know there's base there, there was too. There was a base there, but that one wasn't base. It was like a similar thing. I can't even remember. There was like a nomad on that. Not I don't know. It was like one of those ones. But yeah, um, yeah we just checked in there and got got a job at this cafe. I got a job at this cafe, and then Danny was like, because he's he's a chippy by trades. So he was like just doing still construction. It was so easy for him to like get into these construction jobs, but. They were like, they'd like go for a week and end and go for a week. So he went through about like 50 different construction jobs. But yeah, I got this job in this cafe and I was like, didn't have a clue, mate, what I was doing. I put down, (laughs) I put down on, I put down on my CV that I was like a a chef. I tried for a chef or something. I just put put anything on there or like I've done cooking and they got me in. And then I, because I'd applied for that many jobs, I didn't even know until I got there that it was even a cafe job. Because he just rung me and he goes, can you come in for an interview on Monday? I was like, yeah, done. And because I was like, I didn't even ask him on the phone what it was because I didn't want to sound like not interested. Yeah. And then I went there and I got there and I parked outside and it was like this cafe. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to ask me to cook or something. But um, luckily, like the owner was like this Aussie guy. And we just had good banter straight away as soon as I got in there. And then they were asking me to chop up some, I think it was like a pumpkin or something I was chopping up. And mate, I think I like cut my thumb or something. Mate, I had an absolute shocker anyway, but he just come up to me and he goes, you've never worked in a kitchen in your life, have you? And I was like, <laughs> he picked just- <laughs> Yeah, literally, that was like, I'd only been there two hours or something. He goes, you've never worked in a kitchen in your life, have you? And I was like... I was like, mate, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to pay my bills here. I'm like, I'll be honest with you, no, I've never done it. And he was like, look, we'll we'll put you on as a kitchen hand, just work a couple of days, and then we'll just see how you go. Okay. And mate, before I knew it, I like stayed there. I was like, I just worked my ass off, and then there I ended up getting like, I was doing like full time in the end. I was still like a kitchen hand, but I was like helping him cook. But I was basically just the chef's bitch. I was like, whatever, whatever he said, I was just running around doing. But um, yeah, man, I ended up staying there for like two years, I think it was. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, talk about the ultimate story of faking it till you make it. (laughs) Oh, man, literally. I didn't have a clue, but they knew straight away. Like, put someone in a kitchen who's never done that before. You can see them straight away. But yeah, that was literally, I was just faking it because I was like, just just needed needed work kind of thing. And I wanted to stay here so badly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes. yeah, proper determined, like, you know, and he could probably see that in you as well. He's like, this, this fucker, yeah, he hasn't fucking touched a, a knife in a kitchen in his life before. <laughs> fucking, he's rocked up, he's keen. Let's give him a shot, like. Yeah, exactly, yeah, so it worked out well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I stayed there. I think we were getting to the end of our second year visa, and then, um, yeah, we actually ended up getting a student visa just so I could stay because we were looking. By, by that time, obviously, we was in love with, we love Melbourne as well. I was like, mm. this is so good. And we'd moved from, because I was working full time, Danny was working as well, I'd moved from there to, we actually got our first apartment because we were like, hostel life's so good while you're traveling. But when you, when you decide to stay somewhere for longer than six months, mm. you need your own, like, 
you need your own space. Absolutely. So, yeah, we got this place in the city on Collins Street and um, just like a two-bedroom apartment. And then, um, but yeah, it was still the same. Like, we never, we, were, we weren't saving no money. We were just like, it was just like week by week. It was just like getting through kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, we got to the end of our second year visa and then we wanted to stay. And then we were like, went to go see an immigration lawyer. How can we stay? And then we ended up getting like a student visa. Yeah. Student visa to stay, yeah. Because okay. there's not many options. Basically, when you come, it's either relationship visa, um, get work sponsor, or, yeah, student visa, like, gives you a little bit of time. But it's also, it's not like a permanent thing, but it's just sort of like a, loads of people use it as like a, just a bit of extra time while you're here. Absolutely. Oh, listen, lad, when it comes to fucking visas, I can tell you some stories. I'd, I'll glaze over it here, but like any fucking visa I've ever got has been as dodgy as fuck. Yeah, always <laughs> the way. Like even, even when I went to go see the immigration lawyer, we were like, we don't want to like, we, we don't want to bullshit. We basically want to stay. Yeah. <laughs> tell us what we can do if we have to marry someone like how was the procedure basically we just wanted it but he was actually so like he was yeah. like obviously worded it so well but he was like just mm. like told us basically how we can get around it so yeah yeah um ended up doing that and staying for a bit yeah yeah and then um that was when i started imagining when i was working in that cafe as well because um i was still going on nights out and stuff while I was there, obviously. And okay. then um, I bumped into, well, how did it happen? Yeah, I was, I was on a night out. I think it was Eve Nightclub. I don't know if you remember that. Were you in Melbourne when it was called Eve Nightclub? It was like in South South Melbourne, like behind where the BP is. Yeah. South I, Melbourne. I've heard of it. I've, n- I've never been to it. I don't, it's not nah. there anymore. Nah, it's closed now. Yeah, but yeah. it used to be so good. They had like this dance floor, like, coloured up and all that it used to be packed every Friday Saturday but we heard about it because the guy at the cafe told me he was like you should try this place out it's actually good you love it but then we went there and then yeah I bumped into this he was like a club promoter but we was we were so you know when you get like so drunk on my out and me and Danny me and Danny completely lost each other but you always think it's a good idea to stay there on your own when you're drunk of course I was like nah I'll stay I'll stay here be all right so I stayed out anyway even though I'd lost Danny and then um yeah bumped into this club promoter and just end up having a drink with him just having some banter and then he was like you're the spitting image of Channing Tatum he was like you you could be his cousin and all this and then he was taking me up to all these random like tables in the club and he was like this is Channing Tatum's cousin <laughs> he's English yeah. he's out here people were just like staring like what the hell I was like oh my god what have I got myself into here but it was just funny and then we just like got each other on Facebook and that was it that was that was that was the end of that I didn't think nothing of it yeah. but then um and yeah I started training then as well because I was like obviously in that job at that cafe so I was in a good routine I was training I was working there and I actually had an apartment, so I was like a bit fresher than I was like out of the backpack phase kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, he put a, he put like a status on Facebook said um, we need some topless waiters. Um, yeah, let me know if you're interested. It was literally like two days after I'd met him as well. Yeah. So I just messaged him. I was like, mate, let me know. I'm keen to do anything for some cash at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, next minute, Carlos rings me up. 
and that yeah that was how like he basically introduced me to him and that was my first conversation with getting into magic man yeah okay and, and what was magic man like back then so did, how many years ago would this be about four or five years ago six years ago probably six. now yeah okay six, yeah. like it was magic man was pretty new because like the first the first magic mike movie had just come out and then i think magic men just launched just after that okay. and then so it was yeah it was so new they were like pretty much i don't even know if it'd been there a year yeah. Ooh, so um, someone, someone ringing yeah yeah someone's ringing so <laughs> you're all right, you're all right. <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah um okay so much like the, the the company magic men itself was quite new so what was your initial kind of introduction to it and what did you have to do as you're like, yeah, that, like basically like I, your first night yeah I, I searched i searched up on the um on google as you do i was like magic man and then obviously i just see all these all these guys on there like ripped and all this and i was like jesus <laughs> i was like i need a few more gym sessions before i even do this and then um yeah and then i was like i was like yeah now i'll come in for the trial um but yeah, when when I started, it was honestly like at, like for Brick nightclub. It's like this tiny little nightclub. But actually, you go in there, it's like you feel, you felt like you was in a strip club, or like it was a bit dingy, like so dark in there. And I was like, what have I got myself into here? Really? And yeah, it was like it was like one of them. I was like, oh, now I'm in like the underground world of stripping. I was like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and um, but yeah, I was like, I'll give it give it this trial and see how it goes. And um, Next minute, like the club was like getting busy, all girls, mm. and the, like I got chatting to a couple of the boys there and all that. And then um, I was so nervous, like so. I'd never, I'd never been in a nightclub where it's all girls and just like four or five of us blokes, mm. and you're topless. And they were like, they. It wasn't like there was no like, uh, you got to do this, you got to do that. There was no introduction. I basically just walked in. I was looking around. I was like, who do I even speak to? Then I found this bloke who was like holding a clipboard and I was like, he must know what he's doing. So I was like, mate, I'm doing a trial today. And he was just like, he was like, yeah, get your top off, um, chuck your bow tie on and go chat to some girls. I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> mate, I was like so scared. But yeah, I just just got, got stuck in. I was like, they obviously just want me to go chat. And then like, like you see, you get more comfortable as the night goes on. But yeah, I would have looking back now, probably I'd hate to see a video of me then. I was probably so stiff as a board. I was <laughs> probably so scared. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. So you're, yeah, you're just people ringing you like, fuck. <laughs> they, want know, to, yeah. they want to get a hold of you. Two seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So that was, yeah. Well, that was it. Well, my first night as well, which was only probably this time last year. I would yeah. say it was pretty similar. I didn't have a fucking clue. I met Caesar on the way in and he was like, oh, that stairs there. And then I went into the club and I can't remember the guy's name. He's not there anymore, but he had the clipboard as well. And he was like, you know, um, I, I'm here. What do I do? And he's like, oh yeah. Same as he said to yourself, hop off the top, put the dicky bow on. And then I met Carlos. And then he was like, yeah. okay. He kind of gave me a little bit of a brief kind of rundown of what the, the crack was, but it was yeah. still COVID restriction stuff with wear a, a mask and everything. And so I was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but it was a fucking buzz. That's for sure. Yeah. The thing is like, now that I know, now I've obviously worked there for ages and I've done the ins and outs of like the, in, like the business side of things. I can see why when, 
when someone new comes, you just chuck them in at the deep end because we obviously, with especially like with the topest weight room, we have so many guys come in, they'll only do a week and then they'll leave. So like, you're not going to sit there training them up, talking them through next minute, like they're getting, <laughs> they're getting kicked out of the club anyway. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, you got to just, you got to be thrown in at the deep end and then you have a single swim, don't you, I guess. So I can see how it's done like that, but yeah. 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 It's definitely, it's, um, you see the personality. I, I, I'm still fucking only new to it, but you see the personalities come through quite quickly on people. It's kind of, because I, I kind of uh, class the night. It's very, it's almost very primal. Like the women come into the place and they're all because I'm doing the introductions at the door. They're all like nice and, and you know and a bit shy, a little bit on the way in. That fucking soon changes as soon as they get upstairs and they're in there. They get a few drinks into them and it's like it's almost like like a, a pack mentality you know you you have one lunatic bitch in the in the in the whole in the crew and then that gives free reign to the whole lot of them to go fucking yeah. mad and it's it it's do you know what it's a fucking good thing because there i as far as i can see there's loads of shit for males out there there's loads of female strip clubs and brothels and whatnot but there's fuck all of this sort of stuff for females to go to so in today's day and age when like the sex and and sex itself and you know all that's the, the the kind of climate we're in it's so popular and less taboo like yeah why wouldn't you go in there and fucking completely objectify men and have yeah, a bit of a crack and, and you know like have fun have yeah 100 it's know? funny how like people think of it like with males males being like how they are around like female strippers but get in a room full of female drunk women on their own oh. you didn't see nothing like it like you know if you, you've seen it firsthand like it's next level like it's a different it's a different world <laughs> once once you get a group of women all drunk in the same room together and there's only a few blokes there with their tops off it's 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 wild. crazy it's, it's like wild. a zoo <laughs> it absolutely is when you think about when you go to a like a female strip club and if you if you were to do only 10 percent of what the women doing in the maelstrom club you'd be kicked out oh, immediately you kicked out straight away yeah you oh. probably got you probably going to court a few weeks later absolutely <laughs> absolutely it's it's fucking it is it's absolutely wild but it's great crack it's fucking yeah, great 100%, crack. 100 all right so you obviously made a transition you were a topless waiter and then yeah. and and the fella most people know now on social media you'd have an awful lot of strip videos so how do how did that transition happen um i was yeah i started doing the waitering and then like obviously it was like what what happened perfectly especially like with magic men and that's like why it's probably you know it's obviously done so well and been so successful as well because obviously the Magic Mike movies came out as well. So we had number one, which was like just when Magic Men started. And then I was like, I, that, I just got into the industry then. But then while I was there, like one of my first gigs was when the second movie came out. And then we went to the cinema and actually did like a, like a show for the girls, like before they watched the movie. So they didn't know, but they all went into the, the movies. It was like a ladies night. And then before the like starting credits come out, it all just went black and then boom, we just come in, did a show like for the premiere of the movie and really? just like stripped in front of them. So like that was like my first sort of show, I guess I did where like I was like, because I was at that point, I was still just waitering until I did that. But I, obviously when I was doing the topest waitering, 
I kept getting the when they were emailing requesting me they were like we want the, the one that looks like Channing the one that looks like Channing so they actually changed me on the website at 1.2 Channing that was like my stripper name or like my booking name was actually Channing on the website um but yeah that was my first show that I did was right when the second movie came out which obviously boomed the industry as well because it made like we was talking about earlier like made the whole stripping industry seem cool especially to girls it was no longer like a like when I started like an underground, like secret thing, it was like a, this is actually a cool thing to do, like to go watch male entertainment. And it puts it like on a pedestal rather than people just thinking of stripping as like a, an underground, like strip club kind of thing. Yeah, like sleazy or, you know, yeah. untoward yeah. or, you know, it's something like you're, you have to sneak, sneak off to do. <laughs> yeah exactly 100 percent. like people didn't that's when it got to the point where like people didn't care about putting on their social media or post like do you know what i mean it just became like a an actual cool thing to go and do yeah well, yeah and so uh, let's and let's rewind a bit here so you yeah. started doing the the, the topless wavering and now you, you you've you've done that uh, like basically first strip for the premiere did um did your family at home know what you were at at this stage or what was the story? What happened was Magic Man used to do it like this because that was our promo was like Facebook because like back then, I can't even remember, was like, well, Instagram would have been around, but it was like, it wasn't like as popular as it is now. Mm. It was like people were still on Facebook, you know, like, and you, you keep up with your family, especially when you're traveling through Facebook and stuff like that. So Magic Man used to tag the like, tag people on their Facebook as their promo every week. Still do it a bit now, but it's not as much as like, they were tagging people's in each photo that went up, because obviously it was smaller then. So they were just trying to get out there to people. But yeah, I got tagged in a few photos. I was trying to keep up and remove them as they were going. So people didn't see, because it was like on my personal page. But then, yeah, obviously my mom and dad found out what I was doing. But um, yeah, my mom wasn't too happy to start with, to be honest. Like, because again, like, especially older generation, they see it as like a, I don't know, it's like a sleazy thing. But I was like, mom, it's not like that. I was like, all they do, we just take our top off. It's a little bit of dancing. That's it. Though. Just take my top off. That's it. So I played it down <laughs> and she was sort of, she was all right with it. So yeah, sort of just blagged on that. I was like, I'm traveling. Like, it's not like I'm going to be doing a show for any of your friends, like <laughs> 12,000 miles away from you, like, and all this. So sort of sweet talked them around. Um, but yeah, nah, they were, they were, they were, they were okay with it by then. <laughs> Perfect. Have they been out to Australia, your parents? Yeah, they've been out. Yeah. Um, I actually brought my dad to one of the shows once. Brilliant. That was a while ago. I need to bring him to one of the new ones. Cause that was like a few years ago now, but yeah, he just, they came out here for a holiday for a couple of weeks and, um, I was just like, Dad, do you want to come with me on a Saturday night and see what it's all about? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the night, he was like, I don't see why. Why? <laughs> what did he say? He was like, um, he was like, if I was, if I was young, I'd be doing it. <laughs> I was like, Brilliant. Yeah, 100%. I was like, <laughs> get him a position or something. No. Yeah, he, uh, he was all about it. He was all about yeah, it. Yeah, he loved it. He loved it. <laughs> ah, fantastic. I'm fair play to you. I'm dead right for bringing him along. Like, yeah, I know I had to do it because I knew my dad would love it because my dad's just like that. But yeah, um, my mom didn't come, obviously. <laughs> Fair enough. But now, yeah, it was, it was funny taking him there and got him to like, I was introducing him to all the girls at the show and stuff. He was loving it. 
<laughs> and, and what a brilliant night out for him. Because, yeah, I know. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Like, it's it's literally a room full of women. Like, the current show is pretty much 450 women on a full night. Yeah, and that's and what like, I think, like, because my they didn't really have an idea in their head because, obviously, they're not here. So, you, they know, that's why I wanted to show them. It wasn't, like, a sleazy strip club that they think is people's heads straight away go to like girls on poles and stuff or whatever you see in them mm. used to see in a movie but yeah i wanted him to see that it's actually like a ticketed event people come yeah. and pay tickets they sit down like there's vip sections there's platinum there's gold so it's actually like a ticketed event it's like a almost like a theater performance rather than an actual like nightclub which is what people have in their head well, that's exactly right. And that's probably good that we're talking about it because I don't know for, for the people that might be listening to this that haven't been to a show before, like the Magic Men uh, production is exactly what it is. It's a production. It's, yeah. it's the, uh, there's between yourself, there's probably five to six of you that get up and do a show each night. Um, yeah. Like two of you normally together, then there's a little bit of an interval. There's dance breaks, but you put on a performance where yeah. you will, over the course of maybe, well, how long would your performance be? About, about tw- like 15, 20 15, minutes? 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Something yeah. Like that. And in that time, you're bringing up, like normally it's uh, brides that are about to get married, hymns and stuff like that. So they yeah. can, like, you, you'd probably bring them up at different stages as you're slowly getting undressed throughout the yeah. show like and, and your show in particular does lots of like funny points in it you're always laughing while you, <laughs> Man, while i have you... to laugh my way through it i can't take this stuff seriously even now like still like it's one of those things i hate the the thing what when i first started magic men the one thing i hated when i watched some guys on stage i was like i can't take i can't like you can't you can't take it too seriously like there's some guys take it way too seriously and it like it doesn't sit right with me like you've got to I don't know. It's like one of those things. It is. It is more of like a joke, like a joke, but it's also like a sexual thing. But it's like you got. You can't take it too seriously. So if you have got a smile on your face, even if you make a few mistakes, like the girls are gonna love it because you're up there, you're enjoying yourself. Do you know what I mean? So it reflects back on them. Absolutely. And I like listen. At the end of the day, and the girls there for a good time. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred you know, percent. There's like- nothing worse than a guy up there like thinking is all that like taking himself so seriously it's a bit cringy so you have to laugh your way through it especially like some of the outfits and stuff you can't take this stuff seriously no absolutely <laughs> not but you know the different characters the different personas that's what makes it as well like you know you have just yeah, i was 100%. chatting with a, 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 a female friend of mine the other day and like i was just telling her a little bit more about the the show and saying i was doing the podcast with you and she she knew of you and what we were kind of discussing is You've got this look about you. No, it's, you kind of you have that Channing Tatum look as well. But you've got this uh, very appealing look to everyone. I, I, don't, I don't. Do you know what I mean yeah. when, when I'm saying that? It's like it, some people have this look that you either like it or you don't, and that these people can be very, very attractive. But yeah. you're either into that sort of a look or you're not. But you got yeah. this. You got the look that it, it's it's attractive to pretty much everyone. Males <laughs> and females, and you got Thanks, the, you got that cheeky grin as well there that just shines through. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what. Yeah, I try and do like even with my TikToks and social media, I just try. Yeah, you got. I don't know. Yeah, laugh my way through and get my personality out there because yes, people. It's like it's, it's obviously working. So, um, but yeah, it's just it's just how I am. I guess like, it's like I can't even. 
I couldn't even hide that. Like I couldn't even, I don't think I could go for a whole, a whole stage show with a deadpan serious face. No way. Especially like with, with getting the girls on stage. That's what I love about that is like, it's unpredictable. You don't know what's yeah. going to happen. So you can have like the best choreographed routine you want. But if you get that drunk girl on stage, she's got mm. different ideas for your routine. <laughs> you know, you've got to do what's, what happened. Like you just got to be able to go with the flow and just think on, think on the spot as well. So you got to love that. Absolutely. And you're normally on towards the end of the night. Oh, which you're... is the worst. Oh. I, know. I, I used to, I never used to do that. I used to be like somewhere in the middle, but now, now it's always the end. So it's like, they, we call it the curse of the last stage spot. Cause it's always like, that's when you get the most drunk girls. Cause they've waited the whole night. <laughs> That's the most drunk they're gonna be the whole night. That's right. They've they've just <laughs> been in the club watching the entire show for the last three hours, swallowing <laughs> champagne, downing shots, and then yeah. you you get them then to do a show. They, Pretty much, they're doing a show with you. A hundred percent. Yeah, you just have to like. I just have to like gauge what what's gonna happen with them before I even start doing moves and stuff. Because I'm like, you got you got to read it. You got to read it first. Yeah. And obviously you're you're super popular uh, in this world and you get a lot of private shows as well, like on, on yeah. the weekend. So between doing the show at the club, you're literally on the road all weekend. Like, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing like a lot of people don't know about. They just think like we're just there the whole night at the club, which when we've got time, obviously we'll spend as much time in the club because that's where the best like banter is with the boys and stuff like that. So we'll spend as much time there as we can on a Saturday night. But most of the time, especially like in wedding season, the busy season, we're off on the road doing privates back to back, like every half an hour to an hour doing back to back shows until the stage spot is like included in our run sheet for the night. So it's a busy, it's a busy night. Yeah. How many, how many shows or and privates would you typically do on a, Friday, Saturday night, like what would what's been your max? Most I've ever the most I've ever done, I think, was eighteen in a whole week. I think I did eighteen shows. So that was like I think like I had a couple on Monday, Tuesday, and then we did like a tour Thursday, Friday, and then the Saturdays in Melbourne. So yeah, I think it was like eighteen or something like that. Yeah, this it's a those ones. Those ones, it's like, it actually feels like work. Normally this job doesn't feel like work, but when you're doing that, driving around, it's, yeah, that's, that's a long day, like yeah. doing that, yeah. Because you have, it's, it's like, it's, it's like anything else. You have to give your full energy. You can't perform your absolute best show for the first group and then just fucking yeah. rock up and, and give them a half a show for the, the yeah, 18 that's group. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things as well. Say like you get to say like on a Saturday you get to like a 10th 11th show for the night and you've been driving around you haven't had no food because you're back to back on a tight schedule anyway and you I'm sweating like by the time I've even got to that job I've already like sweated like I've done a show before I get there but you've got to act like you're loving it like it's your first show so yes that's that's a that's a hard thing to do but yeah you just you gotta remember like each and every person hasn't seen the fact that you've done these other shows everyone's gotta be like yeah like it's your first show for the night so that can be hard yeah especially the stage shows after doing all them you're like now i need to put the most effort into this because this is the biggest one 
Bloody oath. Bloody oath. And I've seen you on nights where you've done the stage show, you've probably been on about 10, 10 30, and then bang, you're gone again. You're going yes, to more private right stuff. Out the to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Now we're doing like when we get busy, we do the like Love Machine and Lux nightclubs. So sometimes there's, I think even we used to do three. So there used to be like seven nightclub Lux and Love Machine. So we'd have to do three stage spots as well as all the other privates as well. So big nights. Big nights. This shit is no joke, is it? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's the funny thing. Like you get there, people people think you're gonna be in the club all night just chilling, just waiting for waiting to go on there. But yeah, yeah it's busy, it's busy. It's a busy, busy gig. Yeah. And so when it is like I know you said there's a wedding season that and the typical wedding season would be from what uh, October till March or it's like yes, yeah, September it starts to get busy until yeah, around March and then drops off a bit April. Yeah. yeah, April through. Then it's like, but to be fair, like the last last few years, I haven't really <laughs> seen a wedding or there's no really, there's no, not been much of an off season, yeah. especially because we started doing tours and stuff like that. So there's like every single week there was something, it was busy. It was yeah. busy either traveling or yeah, there hasn't been much of a dip in the, in the jobs too much and so when when this is all happening at the weekend when the fuck do you get to socialize and when the fuck do you get downtime hey, that's the thing i actually when i was because like obviously we've been in lockdown but like to like I, i've missed so many like birthdays and things like that that i missed because on a saturday you're always busy and people always plan stuff for a saturday and even like the last year leading up to lockdown like we was always going on a tour on the friday night and then the saturday nights there'd be shows so that's basically your whole weekend written off with that mm. then if you do go out afterwards like your whole sunday's <laughs> just a write-off so yeah i'd normally just try catch up with people after i finish because that's the only thing that's good is girls don't normally book you too late the latest like girls normally go on a hen's night is 11 12 o'clock after that they're pretty drunk so they're done so you can you can sort of catch up with people after that but yeah like if anyone's doing stuff during the day on a saturday you do do miss a lot of that stuff yeah it's a no-go that's and i like i've only been doing it the last year but definitely like it, it's exciting getting into it first but like that as well a lot of my friends at the moment are married they've got kids you know they're not really out and about doing much anyway but it's 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 every so often there's an occasion on a saturday night and i'm like oh fuck well i'm already i've already got these bookings here so yeah i'm tapping out like and you know trying to catch up with people later on but it does like it definitely does affect you know social life so i, I suppose this is going to be an easy transition to the next thing like you know relationships yeah you know yeah, that's another thing like it's, it's actually the thing is it's easy to meet girls because you're in that you're like you're in that industry where there's no there's no end to girls there's always girls you're always going to meet girls but it's hard to for like that i don't know it's just hard it's hard to get to that point where you're going to settle down or it's going to become something serious because the job's always there especially like with the traveling and going away it's like always a major it's always a trust thing especially like girls always going to say it's not going to nah that's fine like they'd be fine but this is it's like when you get past that like three or four month period with someone and you start to get serious the feelings start to get in there 
that's when stuff sort of starts to go pear shaped because yeah, you're missing you're missing certain things because you're choosing the Work. the like the the stripping or the you're choosing the job over it or you're doing that. It's like it's and it's, and people see it differently because it's like if you were like I don't know you're in like a certain business where you had to fly away or do meetings in a in a different city. People would look at it different. Oh, it's just he's just he's just working. He's just like doing work so girls probably would be a bit more lenient with that whereas when they see it stripping they think it's like you're choosing a party life over yeah over them whereas it's like you still work really yeah have you been in that position with in with a in a relationship where it's it's been yeah i think like my last couple of relationships has definitely taken a toll for sure especially like with the social media thing as well it's hard because it's one of those industries where you want it's not that you want to look single, but it's also just, it seems to like, it seems to help with jobs and getting, I don't know, girls girls are more likely to book you or do that if they see you as single because they don't mind sort of, I don't know, like perving over you, I guess, yeah. if they think you're single, but it sort of kills the fantasy for them if you're, if you're post like posting with a girl so obviously you try to keep that away from your social media but now how everything is with relationships and all that people want to be posted on the social media people want to be like shown off in that way so yeah obviously that makes it harder that's always been it's always been an argument for me in yeah. relationships is like posting Mm. And let's say you've rocked up to a job and like, you know what, you've got girls there asking you, are you single? And if you are in a relationship, would you would you be honest with that's, them? I was like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like my my go-to answer is always, yeah, I'm single. Because again, you don't want to kill that. It's not that you're gonna do anything, but it's just you don't want to kill that. They're like in that fantasy mode. So they're like, that's what the whole stripping is. It's like acting. You're putting on like an act of like the fantasy cop coming in, the fantasy fireman, whatever it is. Yeah. So it just sort of seems to kill the vibe a bit if you do that. Like I've done it before. I've said, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. And you, you can instantly see the vibe's just gone. <laughs> it's yeah. dead. So like you tend to just, just like play it off like you don't or just, yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think with the way your 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 kind of situation on social media and with your business and and how you're operating is that possibly you even if you are in a relationship you talking about being in a relationship or posting up uh, pictures of you and your partner would that be detrimental to your position right now? I think it could, like, to be fair, like I think I'd still obviously get bookings because people would still book you just for the show. But yeah, like it could it could like harm it i think as long as if it was like every now and again on the story or posting something like that but if i was getting all soppy like every post was just me and my missus then obviously yeah it's gonna have an impact on the job but i guess it's just how you how you work your way around it but to be honest like right now i would i just want to focus on the next like one to two years just getting myself set up and just working just solely dedicate just to the job and working and then after that once I've like got myself in a good position then obviously I can take a like a take a back step and look more towards like gaining a relationship and being like that because to be honest at the minute it's probably not even fair for me to even be in a relationship because like the traveling as well and we're only obviously once we come out of this lockdown next year we've got massive plans to try to do 
more nights, like Thursdays, Wednesdays even. Like you can't be with someone and only see them on a Monday, Tuesday, and then the rest of the week you're off touring. And the, the hardest thing is you're always posting on social media. So you'll go away and it always looks like you're in a party because you want it to look like that vibe, even though sometimes like I've looked back at stories and I've been completely sober on that night but it looks like I'm in the club largely like having yeah. having like the biggest night. But it's just because you want people to think of you like that. Cause who are you going to book? If, if like, it's the same for me. If I, if I followed a female stripper and I was booking my like bucks party for the boys and I see she was always partying, she was always out and about. She seemed like a good laugh. I'm going to book her. I'm 100%. not going to book someone who's like posting with a boyfriend every second day. It's just how people, just how people think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, you've 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 got your head screwed on when it comes to that. That's your business sense kicking right in there. You, <laughs> you've got a you've got a plan, whether you know it or not. You've got a plan. And know. that's that's the thing about social media. I do solely just see it as business, like everything mm. I do. That's why I've started to do a bit more, like talking about personal stuff or just like opening up a bit more on there because I feel like I've got that many followers now that. I sort of want them to get to know me a bit because obviously I know people just follow now. I might be like, I don't know if I came across my page and I was, I didn't know me. I'd probably think this guy's up himself or he loves himself. And I feel like if you talk a bit more and they get to know you, they'll see that's not, it's not about that. It's all just like business for me. So the more like, viral videos and stuff I can do even though they're cringy or some of them the more the more of an audience it brings in for me so yeah, yeah that's like yeah so that's why like relationships I've never really posted or even spoke about too much on social media because I try and keep it separate like the people who know you they know your personal life that's that's what matters whereas social media is more of a business thing for me yeah 100% man 100% and when it comes to business we'll we kind of diverge from that now is like how yeah. like because you you are pretty much have you any other job other than like magic men and and like the the few sort like the we'll say the selling the calendar and stuff like have you no, have, yeah no this is it yeah this is 100 your your job yeah. yeah and that's what that's what the that was like actually one of my scariest things that i did was when i was working and then I started at Magic Men. I was earning, I was earning all right money, but I was like, I don't know, it was like enough again to like sort of just get me through. And I quit, I quit working full time to do Magic Men. And I was like, this is so risky because back then, like I had had a bit of a following, but nowhere near the scale it is now. And I was like, basically just took a gamble with it that it was going to work out or it's going to like make the stripping good enough. Cause stripping is like, you never know one week. It could be completely dead. Like back then I could have had only two or three jobs compared to like, you've got to just constantly be working on it. And I was like, the social media is going good. I was like, I think I could keep this consistent. So I took a gamble with it. And yeah, the, the last time I was doing like a full, full job was I was doing this removalist work. And I was doing that like Monday to Friday and then Magic Men at the weekend. But yeah, I quit that job. And when I, I remember leaving and I was like, this is so risky. Like yeah. I'm just putting all my eggs in one basket with the Magic Men thing. But yeah, that was, how long ago was that? That was probably three, maybe three years ago. Okay. Two, two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, I left there. So I haven't been, I've never, I've not done a, like a full like nine to five kind of job since then. Yeah. Okay. So it, the the gamble paid off. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think like as well, because I put myself in that position where I was like, this has to work. And since then, it's like, because I've put everything into that, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like when, because when I was like half in, half out, still like, you're not, you're not giving it everything. Whereas this, I was like, this has to work, has to pay off. So yeah, so yes, it's gone so good. Now, obviously, in the best position I've probably ever been in since I come here in my whole life at all. Yeah. So, well, you're so, after yeah. you're after buying an AMG there only uh, <laughs> a couple of months ago. So, will things ain't going too bad at all? I know they're going. Good. <laughs> They've been a lot worse. They've been a lot. They, yeah. The driving that tractor around the farm. I can tell you that. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> and come here, just like for ballpark figures. What do you earn from Magic Men on a week? Like on a typical week, what can you earn? Um. I feel like I feel like Magic Man's like it's like one of those. It's almost like a it's like a pyramid thing because you can you can have a lot of there's it's like it's the same as social media. Like social media is like one percenters. It's like that loads of people are on social media and everyone wants to be like at the top of that pyramid where they're getting like Kim Kardashian money. Like that. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. everyone's a striving for that but it's like it's hard to yeah get to that point and be able to earn like good enough money to live off but yeah magic men's the same like there's a lot of male strippers out there but it's just uh to get to that point but the money the money's good the money's good <laughs> <laughs> being fucking diplomatic around that one <laughs> yeah i know i'm trying to work my way out of it nah yeah. my biggest my biggest week of just doing shows um I've pulled in probably five or six thousand dollars. Mm. <laughs> not a bad week's work. That's that's not a bad week's work. We're just taking your gear off. <laughs> yeah, holy hell! But I suppose this is the kind of the the guys we've kind of discussed. Like that's great money, mm. but that comes at sacrifice for you, really, as well. Like you know, look at the, the the things that you have to miss out on. Like you know, when it comes to like your your you're working when everyone else is socializing and you know, you have the, those weekends where you have 18 jobs in a row and you're, you're flat out going around, like flying all over Melbourne, Victoria, even. Um, yeah, it's funny because it's like, you got when everyone's working, which is obviously Monday to Friday for the most people, I've got free time then I'm doing my social media. I'm doing that, but I've got free time then, but no one's doing stuff then. Yeah. And then it gets to the weekend, everyone's out and about and I'm on the road or, working so yeah it's a kind of it's a I don't know I guess it's like a lot it's one of those lonely jobs as well like it's mm. one of those jobs where you could be surrounded by a lot of people but do you know what I mean you can still be you can still get that lonely feeling with it as well even though you're surrounded by a lot of people but yeah like I said it's just it's just work and even though like I still mate I still I've still parted a lot and so, <laughs> I don't really I try and make the most of I, try, I burn the candle at both ends that's for sure <laughs> as you see as I'm, you see <laughs> I didn't want to say Anthony <laughs> uh, well it's like it's fucking you have to do it like yeah because it's you know the, the job is a bit of a party scene anyway but you know as you said earlier on it's 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 what you want to portray on social media anyway it's got it's what's going to get your next book and so it's almost your advertising in a way 100 percent, and like the whole the whole social media things turned into like like i was actually speaking to a friend the other day and he goes he goes mate it's actually crazy that you can make money off social media because he goes what do most people do when they go on a night out or they or they're 
just whatever they're doing, they'll post on social media anyway. So if you can make, or they're on their phones all the time anyway, like mm. we're in that culture where everyone's on their phone all the time anyway. So if you can make money while doing that, that that's like, it's just become a norm for me to just post as I go. Mm. And it's also bringing, bringing me in money at the same time. So you can't complain at that. Yeah. It's like the dream really. Yeah, good. Well, listen, you know, in, in, like you said maybe in two years' time you might look at settling down. Where do you see yourself in five years' time with this? Five years' time. So I'm 31 now, which, to be fair, if you'd asked me when I started with Magic Man, would I still be doing it when I'm 31? I'd be like, I hope not. Shoot me if I am. <laughs> But no, here we are. And to be fair, it's because every year that I've done it, it's gone up. So like every single year, my earnings have gone up, my jobs have gone up and it's getting bigger and like busier. So I feel like when you get to that point, you don't, you want to, obviously you want to leave before it gets to the point where you're like, you're going on the decline. It's the same as like, I don't know, like any job you want to, you want to leave it when you're at your peak. Mm which is hard is a hard thing to tell when you're at your peak but at the minute as things are going I'm still just riding the wave and it's like it's getting bigger so yeah five years time I'm hoping to be in a position where I'm pretty much set up I guess like I've got I've got good investments I've got good money saved um, I want to be in a position where yeah I can take it back back foot and just sort of more manage manage things rather than obviously be doing the shows i can imagine myself still be still be running around doing jobs when i'm 36 i reckon my knees would have given in mate but um but yeah that's where i want to be just in a in a in a good position fingers crossed i'm retired by then but like we'll see we'll see how we go see how we go yeah the magic will show Who knows? Who knows yeah. where it's going to go? But that's the kind of thing as well. Like I'm, I never, you could never predict. I can never predict where where it was going to be now. Like I would never have said I was going to be in this position back then. So I'm just always just trying to come up with new ideas and see where it takes me. And like still, I'm still in that mentality of like never saying no to an opportunity. So I'm always open to doing new things. Yeah, and that's what it seems like. I was just going to say that before you said it yourself there that you seem quite you know, open to whatever's going to happen. It's like the train hasn't stopped for you yet. It's still yeah. going this way. So there's no real point in letting it stop. Just like, just fucking hang on and see where this takes me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And like this, this was like just before lockdown was especially when, because what happened was I went into, we went into lockdown and then the first lockdown jumped on TikTok, just started, I was like, well, I'm in lockdown, so I might as well just focus on my social media, like smash out as much content as possible while I'm in lockdown and see what happens. And then that sort of blew my social media up even more because normally I think if I was still doing shows, probably wouldn't have put as much time into social media as I did because we went into lockdown. So, like, the lockdown was actually good for me in a way because social media went nuts and it wasn't until we came out of the lockdown that I actually saw because like when it's just numbers on a screen obviously I knew my followers were going up and I was like this is good like getting getting like getting a good following now like people are getting to like recognize me and stuff like that but I didn't see the full effect of it until we came out of that lockdown for a little bit there and we booked in these shows and like I was actually we were 
adding on extra nights. Like in Brisbane, we did a Thursday, Friday night, which we'd never done with Magic Men before. Like the most we could do was sell like 100 tickets to a Friday night show. But then we were getting like 300 on Thursday, 400 on Friday. And I was like, damn, this social media is like, changed the game here and everyone in there knew who I was because they booked through me and I was like this is this is next level this is a game changer so that's that's what I'm hoping to take into next year just the tours and focus on the tours and doing as many days on the tours and take take a bit of a back step with the private side of things because like I said they're massive days like running around doing that I'd rather just focus on the big the big tours and the big fish, which is like you get everyone together rather than me running around to everyone, get everyone together and put on a massive show. Yeah, well, man, and if someone does want you privately, just fucking rack up the price. Yeah, exactly, 100%. 100%. Supply and demand, like, you know, all that yeah. sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then it makes it work. Or even I do them in the club. So then I'm at least then I'm just in the same venue the whole night rather than, yeah. running around because that's where things get messy or like you're, you're on a tight schedule whereas if everyone's just in the same venue it's easy to knock out a couple of jobs while you're there yeah absolutely absolutely well it looks like magic main is making bigger and better things but obviously you're quite the face of it with your social media and i suppose like I, i'll just ask you this because i'm sure people that will be listening to this might be curious making you know making waves on social media is there, a, is, you know, the, the typical thing, consistency is key, all that sort of stuff. But what yeah. is it? Is there, is there a, a trick or is there a, um, something that you have learned since lockdown that has really helped you become more popular on social media? Um, I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of luck involved with the social media thing. But also, yeah, is definitely consistency is like something I always... I always say, but it's like what I live by with anything I do is just consistent. Even when I was doing that cafe work, I was like, I was just consistent. So I end up getting more hours. I've got the, do you know what I mean? It's like everything I do, just try to be consistent. And that's with the social media thing. It's like, obviously I got lucky with the whole Channing thing. And I know a lot of people will look at it and be like, oh yeah, it's just because he looks like Channing Tatum that he's blown up on there, which obviously does help because a lot of my comments would just be, the Channing Tatum thing, but if I was sitting on the couch eating biscuits, no one's gonna be. No, no one's, gonna one's gonna know gonna that you look like him. this guy looks like Channing Tatum. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I just I obviously just try and keep up with the trends as they go. Which, to be fair, when I first jumped on TikTok, like I didn't have a clue. I felt like a, I felt like I was ancient. I was like, what is this app? How do I even use it? How do I do transitions, videos, and I'm just like sort of just learned myself and just YouTubed how to do different like transitions and trends and just tried to keep up with that. Copied the kids on TikTok, what they're doing and how they're like the songs they use and stuff like that. So just always trying to keep like stuff fresh and also just include like, cause a lot of people will just get thrown off by doing like go, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this, which is good. But once you've found something that works, same with, I've taken like normal trends that people would do, but just also included that. How can I make that about magic men or about the the industry I'm in? So like even like, like costume changes and stuff like that, because then people straight away get their attention, but then they also, they're like, oh, this guy's actually 
like a stripper or is it like then they they want to know more about you kind of thing so mm. yeah that's what I just focus on doing and hopefully I can just keep keep up with the trends and keep going the way I'm going so yeah but yeah it's been crazy and it's obviously all happened like on that scale in the in the last like year or however long we've been in lockdown feels like 10 years but no last two yeah. years in lockdown <laughs> like it's all just been it's all just gone from like zero to a hundred, almost like, you know, when you see people go on a TV show like Love Island or something like that and their followers go boom. And then, then all of a sudden they're doing all these deals and stuff that they're not mm. doing. It's the same thing with social media. Like mine just blew up over the course of like six, seven months. And then now I'm getting like deals to do like paid partnerships here, paid partnerships there. And yeah, the whole like selling out tickets and stuff. So yeah, I'm just riding the wave and hopefully it can just keep up like this yeah well the formula you have it's working so <laughs> you know mate, keep at it keep at yeah. it 100 <laughs> hey i make myself cringe though sometimes you know like sometimes i'll watch videos back and i'm like if i didn't know me and i just come across this this thing i'd be like this guy's a cringe yeah. and like sometimes i meet people out and about especially like blokes but then like Obviously, most people are like friendly about it and all that, but I can see why most like my, my following is 92% women. And I can see why, like, oh, if I was a guy, like, I wouldn't follow someone who's doing this stuff. But yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's working with the women. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it just goes, it's a testament to your personality there as well. The way that you actually said that about yourself that, you know, if you, if you, didn't know you and you were looking at yourself you would like that's cr pretty cringy it's like well, <laughs> you, you almost know that stuff you're putting up is like it's almost like you don't want to put some of the stuff up that you put up yeah. you know but if, you know yeah you it's like it's like yeah because you don't know how people are going to perceive you but that's just the thing with social media as well that's another thing like with the tiktok thing i didn't want to get on it i didn't want to like start doing these things but like, and a lot of people are, like, scared to put themselves out there because, to be fair, it's a brutal world. Like, social media, there's a lot of bullies on there. There's a lot of people, fake accounts. They say some hurtful stuff, but you've got to just take it, like, all with a pinch of salt. And you know these people don't know you yeah. personally. As long as you've got, like, a good group around you, good mates that know you personally, then that stuff, like, you got to just not let that stuff affect you. Yeah. And, like, just on that subject... Have you been on the receiving end of some fucking shitty comments? Yeah, hundred percent. Like a lot, a lot. Of, obviously, I like I'm lucky with mine because it's because it's women as well. I feel like women don't seem to be. They're not. I don't know. Is that you never really get them that bad? But obviously, if I sit and go through my comments, which is this is why I never do this anyway now. Mm -hmm. But I'll just let it go now. I'll never look at my comments. But if you ever do sit there and look through them, yeah, there's some brutal ones in there. And you can see how a lot of people can get can let that stuff get to them. But mm -hmm. you got to yeah, you got to just ignore that because it is it's a it's a like bullying culture, especially on TikTok. Like a lot of people don't. Because TikTok's different where it's not like Instagram where it goes to your followers. TikTok goes to, can go to anybody. So they don't know you from bar so They'll just, they can be brutal with their comments. But yeah, you just got to ignore it. I just don't look at it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's yeah. the only real strategy that it's the right one to take. Like that's Yeah, like I see people like posting or arguing back and I'm like, <sighs> no good for your mental health. Like that's, that's like, I'd rather spend my time 
like you know just working on something else and chasing money rather than arguing with some bully online (laughs) dead right dead right yeah and we'll we'll, i'll wrap it up with this final question because i've I've kept you for nearly an hour and a half now so how long it's been oh my god it's gone quick yeah, it's flu. It's flu. Crazy okay. when you're talking about yourself, how easy it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good story, lad. It's a good story. Um, so young fellas out there listening to this, they're like, oh, you know, the 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 male in- entertainment industry sounds something interesting. What advice would you give to someone? Knowing what you know. Get into magic, man. Yeah, knowing or what you know. The entertainment industry. Yeah. Um the best thing to do, which is like what we both learned on our trial, is honestly just chuck yourself in at the deep end. If you think it's for you, go or try find a good company, i.e. Magic Men, <laughs> and chuck yourself in at the deep end because you're going to find out real quick if you've got thick skin, if you can if you can do what it takes, and if you if if it's for you, 100%. So jump into it, dive in at the deep end, and see how you get on. And if you love it work hard like you would in any other job and actually see it as a job as well you're going to have so much fun the fun's going to come with it the girls are going to come with it like all that stuff's going to come with it but see it like any other job and put everything into it and who knows you could be one of the one percenters you know who's making bank and just living off it so um yeah yeah (laughs) awesome awesome and listen for our listeners i I know most of the people will know where to find you but what are your social media handles if people want to find you social media is my tiktok and instagram is will underscore parfit p-a-r-f-i-w-t and facebook is just will parfit you'll find it's the verified one don't follow none of the fake accounts (laughs) because there's a few of those about and that's not me they're all verified so that's it yeah Perfect. Well, listen, Will, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been good to talk. And fingers crossed we're going to be back in the club working shoulder to shoulder again. 100%. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll be back having a drink together. It's been long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks a million, Legend. And thanks again, listeners. Um, And hopefully hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Giddy up.